Hello and welcome to Pumped, the Inside Podcast by Schwalbe. I'm your host Tobias Bogan and I'm talking here with Schwalbe athletes from different disciplines, from downhill to cross country or from triathlon to road racing. And today I'm talking to downhiller George Brunningen, who's just back from one of the craziest races you can compete in, the Red Bull Hardline. He will tell us all about the race and how to make a track like this work. Hey, George, thank you so much for taking the time to do the podcast with us. Where are you right now? No worries. Um, so I'm in Leger. Um, most people would know of Leger, but small mountain resort. Um, lots of mountain biking just down the road from Morzine. So just here until the next World Cup in Maribor. That's where you spend a lot of your time between the World Cups? Yeah, I, I do just because it's it's a very central place um, and there's obviously lots of good riding and yeah I, I base myself here because obviously a lot of the other boys who race do also so yeah, yeah often uh, spend a lot of time here to be honest yeah it's a it's a brilliant brilliant place to to go riding huh mm, yeah yeah really good spot so last last week um, you was one of the or you you compete in one of the hardest and craziest down the races you can compete in the the Red Bull Hardline in the UK, an invitational race where only a handful ra races can enter. Why is this race so important? Um, I guess it's not always important, but it's like it's a big kind of like a, an achievement. Like it, it, well, it is important because it's like if you've done it, then it's a pretty like special thing because it's so hectic it's so um, kind of scary and intimidating so it pushes a rider to um, to push their skills into something that a lot of downhill races don't typically do which is huge jumps yeah um, so for me I, I'd been in 2016 that was the first time I went and more so the approach then was like to kind of just get through the week um, mm -hmm. didn't feel like I was really racing and then this year I came back like feeling good because the, all the years in between I hadn't gone because of like injury or just like finally 2019 I was I had a healthy year of racing and just wanted to go home healthy and you know obviously it wasn't on last year so this year I was really excited for it um and felt good and felt like I was able to to go for the win and that's what I wanted to do there and unfortunately just clipped the frame on a on a rock like quite a sharp rock sticking out of a bank yeah. and it just gouged gouged the frame to the point where it damaged the carbon and it might have been okay to have raced on but on that track it's just <laughs> not worth risking so yeah. as any frame would have would have done it just gouged it and just wrecked it so I mean very unfortunate it sucked because it was like race day morning and I was I was very ready for it and then that and it just I felt helpless just having to sit around and do nothing it, it sucked but yeah I had, I had all the fun of the week before that like during the week riding the track and testing the jumps and stuff so it was still a sick week yeah I mean just if you watch the um, the broadcast of the race the jumps are mental so this is so crazy mm. 
And I bet if you're there and see it in in real life, it's it's even so much bigger. So you really don't want to to yeah. race there if you're not hundred percent sure that the frame won't collapse. Um, <laughs> but you already told us the the track is it's different to a double World Cup track where you used to race on. Um, tell us a little bit what is so different on on the hardline course than to a World Cup course. Well, a hardline course, obviously the main thing is like huge features, um, massive jumps and drops and, and gaps um, the whole way down the track. And, and when, you, um, when you kind of like walk it, it's not, you know, you, in a World Cup track, you'll roll down and just do a whole lap of the track first practice run. Whereas at this track, you're literally going down in a group and sessioning one jump at a time because you have to learn learn it to the point where you can get through it safely. It's yeah. it's quite gnarly. So when you think about it, you're doing like, I think we 10 or 15 features of like big jumps. So it's, um, it's quite gnarly. So a typical World Cup track is like not normally that hard to ride down mm-hmm. if you're just going to cruise down and go slow. Um, But then hardline, you can't just ride down it, and there's no no beeline around some of the jumps and drops. So it's um, it's pretty gnarly, and it's all <laughs> huge. But um, yeah, if you watch the the broadcast, and um, the main thing you see are these big jumps. What you not see are the yeah. the technical bits um, between the jumps. So how yeah. technical is the hardline course? Um, if you're not speaking about jumping, um, yeah. yeah, it's, um, I guess it used to be a little bit more technical before they, they built this new drop after the, um, the metal like motocross style, uh, jump that they have. Yeah. So after that metal motocross jump, they have a drop now. And it used to go around and then have a, a bunch of a technical section below it. Um, so there, there was more technical and, and it was harder to get down then. But um, now that's cut out a big chunk of it. So there's still quite a bit of technical on the track. But this year, obviously, it was very dry and it doesn't matter as much. All mm-hmm. the roots and rocks. Um, in previous years when it's wet it's it's very technical and that's what's hard about this track is it's like it's super technical in between on on some of the sections so it's not just like you're hitting a big jump with a mellow cruisy run into it it's quite a techy bit into it so yeah that's what makes this whole track hard okay and basically yeah what, what do you have to bring as a as a rider to to be good at this event um You have to have a lot of confidence in your ability. That's the number one thing. Like, <laughs> obviously, if you're a little bit like unsure, like too scared and, and whatnot, then hitting those sort of jumps is just not a good idea. Um, that's kind of like not why. That's kind of why I didn't go in 2019. Not that I didn't have the confidence in my ability, but I was like also just coming off of lots of injuries and just wanted to be wanted to have like a confident season under my belt before going there so yeah you, you have to be very confident very good at big jumps big gaps and, and judging 
big jumps and big gaps because mm-hmm. a lot of them are, are quite blind. You can't see the landing. Like, yeah. well, there's quite a few actually you can't see the landing until you've taken off sort of thing. So it's pretty gnarly. <laughs> so as you said, you couldn't start at the final because of a technical problem, but you you had the whole week of, of preparation and work yourself um down the down the track and um make every jump for your work so how how does it work so how how do you make the the track rideable for you um well i mean the main thing yeah is you just like you link all the first off you had all all the jumps individually and then you link a couple of them together especially some there's like the the cannon jump is a huge step down out of the woods into the the middle motor ramp um and that's two that kind of naturally linked together and then after straight after that there's a big drop so i guess all three of those linked together so first off about ticking off the big jumps one by one mm-hmm. and then you link link a couple at a time and then next minute you're like riding the technical bits in between and then you link the next big jump and you yeah you slowly link it first from big jumps and then the sections in between And how long it takes to make the the whole track work for you? So when do you start to train and when is the first time you're riding the whole track? We started riding on Wednesday afternoon um, after having a track walk on, on Wednesday morning. Mm-hmm. And um, so was, normally it takes like a few days until you've ticked everything off and like got comfortable on the track yeah but you normally haven't like linked everything as in like done a full run so it probably wasn't until was it friday afternoon or saturday we we've done a full run so okay. it takes a few days and yeah, mainly because you want it you want to take your time you could do it quicker in russia but that's when just everyone just starts getting injured a lot more i mean already some people got injured but um you get hurt a lot more if if you rush it like even just wind is a big factor one one day we were we were learning one of the jumps or two of them that linked together in a slight headwind and mm-hmm. then the next day no that same day but the arvo it turned into a tailwind and next minute i i over jumped it way too big and which was fine but then had too much speed to stop before the next drop because we weren't meant to be doing the next drop and I don't know if you've seen there's a video of me just going off the side of a drop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and crash, crashing off the side because simply just because I went from a slight headwind to a slight tailwind and I just went way too fast. So you need to take your time to not just learn it, <clears throat> not just learn the jumps, but learn them in different conditions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and which part of the track challenged you the most? I'd just say, I mean, there was the new drop um, after the middle motor ramp was probably, uh, for everyone, it seemed to challenge everyone a lot. I guess just because it was so blind and it was straight after the landing of another jump. So that was quite gnarly. Um, other than that, I wouldn't say anything else really. It's equally all challenges you, challenges you a lot, to be honest. <laughs> I guess the whole. The mental side of it is what challenges you. You have to be so alert and so on it. So 
just you know not to get hurt sort of thing so I guess the mental aspect challenges you a lot and it drains you as well it feels like you're running off adrenaline the whole week like I got back and I'm a bit, little bit sick still but I got a bit run down from that event and you're not really exercising that much to be honest but it's like you're running off adrenaline the whole time yeah so it just drains you is it easier to to come back to the event I mean you have done it a couple of times and came back this year is it is it easier because you you have hit some of the jumps before well not too much a couple of bits were the kind of kind of the same but it was 2016 so five years ago yeah. when I was last there and it's all like changed a bit and grown in size and it's it's kind of the same track but it's not really so Not so much, but the guys that go back year after year, it's definitely, like Bernard Kerr, for example, it's definitely a big advantage. So that's why, like, next year I really want to go back. Yeah. And um, hopefully stop Bernard from winning again. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, yeah, hopefully we will see you there next year and um, you're able to yeah, it's a plan. to compete uh, the finals. So that would that would be great. Yeah, um, that's the plan. So you you're coming from New Zealand, which means you have a a long way back home. Um, do you spend yeah. your most of the summer in Europe, or you're flying um, back and forth most of the time? No, I spend the whole summer in Europe. It's just, I mean, unless you have a big gap of like six weeks or so, um, mm. then it kind of makes sense to maybe go home for a bit. But even then, like it's winter back home, and where I live now in Queensland is is kind of alpine, and and it's pretty damn cold. So yeah. riding's not great in winter. But um, currently, obviously, with with COVID around at the moment, it's it's um it's very hard for us to just pop home because we have to quarantine in a hotel for two weeks. So yeah, it takes off another two weeks, and then by the time you fly back, you have to fly back a week early for jet lag, and and then by the time you've gone home, you've You've barely been at home, so yeah. At the moment, doesn't make sense to go home. Also, <laughs> quarantine costs a lot of money, so <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's way better to, to spend just, your uh, your time in Ligier and go riding. Exactly, yeah. just stay there. <laughs> But yeah, I mean that means you live in the summer pretty much the whole year round, um, because when pretty you much. go when you go home there, it's yeah, starting of of summer. Is it a, a big advantage for you to have summer the whole year round, or is it, um, yeah, sometimes a little bit too much stress because then racing in um, in New Zealand starts and you have so much to do and you not really have this off season vibes. Yeah, it's a it's a hard one. I feel like I'm still balancing it now, um, so many years later of racing, but. I guess um, it obviously has its advantages. It's great that we get to go back home and, and um, normally I, I go back home and have like a couple of months off mm -hmm. and then get back into things. Um, and then later on in the summer we have our races in New Zealand and to be honest they're not too stressful um, and they're like just a, a fun sort of event doing those races back at home but we're, I guess it's, it's better for training generally. We, we get a lot more time in the sun and don't have to worry about riding in the mud all the time in the cold and the only 
thing that's maybe a little bit worse is like you have summer to summer obviously a lot more time of the year with longer daylight hours where you like are out, out and about doing things a lot more so yeah you have to be careful to make yourself rest enough if you do that year after year at some point like it almost drains you quite a bit yeah um just because obviously in summer you can do so many activities like in queenstown it doesn't get dark till like 10 30 or something so like we're just doing especially in queenstown where i live we have all the other activities that we like to do it's not like when we're here we're just here with our bikes and riding so back home there's so much to do whereas we go like motorbikes and pit bikes go on the boat go surfing just lots of other <laughs> little bits and pieces that we do and it kind of um wears you down a bit when you're trying to also train so i feel yeah. like sometimes winter would be would be good like i enjoyed winter last year during covid which was the first winter in 11 years i got to have and i quite liked it because you just i don't know you rest a lot more and the days are shorter and yeah. You're not just go, go, go all the time. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty hard to to balance it, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um definitely. This year you also took part at the uh, at your first EWS race, the Edward World Series. How is it for you as yeah. a downhill lot to to get used to the format of a multi stage race? Um it was quite hard and I feel like I learned quite a bit from the first race to the second race because obviously it was a double header and yeah. we had like a, one day off and then straight back into it so the the biggest thing is in downhill you're like you're taking your time and you have to be methodical and like do one run and learn where you'll push it more the next run and then learn a little bit more the next run and and take your time because obviously that also stops you like getting injured if you ride too fast without knowing where you're going normally stuff on a world cup track is a little bit bigger and burlier but then in, that's quite hard to then come to enduro and you ride one lap down the track and then have to race it and you have no clue where you're going really <laughs> you learn you learn a few key points of where where not to go or what not to do and that's about it so that was the biggest thing like for downhill it's quite hard to to just race fast on a track you don't know so yeah and I, i really enjoyed it because it was refreshing it was different and and i want to do more of it i feel like that would complement um your downhill riding too and um how was the race for you so how did you did you end up in in positions yeah so the first race Uh, the first three stages I was somewhere like 30th or maybe 30 something overall and then um, and then I had a nightmare of a last stage like um, it pissed down and and it did for the top boys too but I was just knackered like real tired and crashed a couple of times and just yeah didn't know how to ride that blind stuff in the wet especially and <laughs> lost heaps of positions so that was like a bit of a nightmare and then the second race I obviously learnt a lot of things so like how to ride it like where to attack and where to conserve a little bit and and um ended up 25th in the second race so i was, I was pretty stuck with that because i mean first ews and it, those guys are no joke though they're flying so yeah to be up up there like 25th in the world cup is pretty decent if yeah. you've done that as your first world cup result would be second i guess it's kind of vice versa with the ews so i was pretty happy with that yeah Nice. Yeah, definitely. So, um, 
for a number of years, dull walk-up racers uh, would always come to the EWS and um, really co compete on the on the highest level and in the front of the pack. This has changed, and uh, there are now endurance yeah. spe specialists and downhill specialists. What are the different um, requirements on the athletes in in the EWS and in the downhill? So, what is the the, the big well, di big difference? Obviously, endurance fitness is the biggest thing. Like, for me, rocking up with short sort of sprint fitness, so to speak, it kind of is like three three minutes versus like nine minute stages four times a day, four or five times a day is, is a big difference. And um, endurance, yeah, endurance fitness is just the, the biggest thing. Those those guys are super fit. And um, the ability to ride a track that you don't really know is the other thing. Like they they learn key key points and then just ride <coughs> sorry they just ride what they see in front of them so they ride what they see in front and just ride it as fast as they possibly can so you're so on it as you're riding which is which is quite impressive um but i found myself also looking real far ahead and i feel like the top guys just naturally do that yeah um so yeah it's It's very different style, but yeah, fitness is the biggest thing, biggest yeah. difference. And uh, what did you learn at the race? So, what was the yeah the, the biggest thing you you learned? Um, well, the biggest thing I learned was was how to to ride a track that you don't know. So, like I say, like you you have one one run, and then learning how to ride what you just see in front of you because you don't really remember the track so you just even though you've rode it once but you've rode another four tracks that same yeah. day once and a lot of it some of it looks the same as what's on another track so you don't really know where you are so I'd be riding it and just looking at what's in front and ride what I see in front so that's like you have to be like on your toes the whole time and just ready for what's coming up that's the biggest biggest thing biggest thing I learned okay Cool. And uh, do you want to do more EWRs races in the in the next years? Yeah, for sure. I wanted to do. I was actually going to do my first one in Canada, uh, uh -huh. but I thought doing my first ever EWS as a double header before the J World Cup, I thought maybe wasn't a bad, uh, wasn't a good idea. But I probably could have done it. It would have been fine. But I, I wanted to do also. Uh, where is it? Um, Trans Montana, the Switzerland yeah. EWS. Um, but I won't have time with going to snowshoe World Cup finals. So yeah. Unfortunately, I'll miss that, but I'll definitely do some more in the future. But um, your main focus will will be on downhill still for the next yeah couple of seasons. Yeah, for sure. Like I feel like for me, as much as I love the EWS for its own own things, I feel like for me personally anyway, can't beat that high of of a downhill World Cup restaurant. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I can I can imagine that. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's so different, and downhill is so. I I won't say it's more professional, but it's so much more about learning the tracks, getting the the bike dialed, and and everything. And EWS is more about racing blind and uh, being able to. Yeah, ride the mm. a track you don't know, um, as fast yeah, as yeah. possible. So what are your goals for the second part of the season? Um, 
to be honest, my, my main goal for the season was to get a podium. And I'm still working on it, and that's what I mainly want. I, I want to get at least another top 10 and hopefully a podium. That's, that's my main goal this season. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. So, hey, many thanks for, for your time, and we wish you all the, no all the best for the rest of the season and for the season to come. And um, Thank yeah, you, hopefully, hopefully a podium. So, thanks again, and yeah, talk soon. Bye bye. Crossed, eh? <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. Bye. Bye. <laughs>